the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with Davy. It's amazing what you discover when you really listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Sales and repairs of motorcars came to a grinding halt in March when the government locked down the economy to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Some of those restrictions are due to be lifted on Monday, but you still won't be able to go to a showroom and buy a car until June. Now, this has left the motor trade scratching his head, and Stephen Gleeson of Hyundai Ireland will explain why to me in a few moments. But with garages closed for repairs, many people have turned to the net for spare parts, which has led to a boon for Irish online trader MixGarage.com. Kieran Crean, who runs MixGarage with his brother Mick, joins me to discuss that. But Stephen, we might start first of all with you. Perhaps you could just explain to us how the industry and Hyundai Ireland in particular has been impacted by the lockdown. Yeah, thanks, Kieran. Um, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, since the lockdown, the, the car market has just completely closed up. Um, I think figures for April were 97% down. So it doesn't get closer to, to zero than that, really. Um, and I think even the few cars that are going out were going out to the, the army, the HSE, the guards. So effectively, the business has really completely shut down um, from a car sales perspective since the lockdown. Um, and obviously, that's uh, in line with plenty of other businesses. We're not unique in that respect. Um, so, so, yeah, 100% shut down effectively on the sales front. So, Stephen, maybe let's just go through a few numbers. I was looking at CIMI's, um, the Society of the Irish Motor Industry. They collect data for car sales in Ireland every year. And um, the sales uh, for last year, about 117,000. In 2018, it was 125,000. So that was down. Maybe a bit of a Brexit impact there. I don't know. Uh, and if we look at this year for April, 344 uh, vehicles sold versus 8,900. These are, you know, uh, regular passenger vehicles. And the number for Hyundai was 47 in April, and you've about 5,000 uh, for the year as a whole. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, obviously, you know, everybody is, April is just complete write-off for the industry. Up till then, up till the lockdown, I'd say we were probably heading for a market this year or something similar to last year, um, which in and of itself isn't great. If you know, I mean, the industry really hasn't recovered since 2008, when the crash came 2008, 2009. But um, obviously, uh, that's probably out the window now in terms of coming anywhere near that for the year, because um, I think we've lost effectively half of March, April, May and June, potentially at the moment. And Stephen, from Monday, just so people are clear, from Monday, um, after sales are available uh, from garages. So if you have a problem with your car, you can go to a garage, you can go to a dealer and hopefully they'll be able to sort it out for you. But if you want to buy a car... um, that service won't be available. That's being kicked out in, until June. Yeah, that's that's the reality. No, actually, our, our dealers, most of our dealers have been open throughout the, the, the close down from an after sales perspective because we actually look after the Garda fleet. So the, the guards requested us to stay open to, to keep them on the road because obviously they're still doing uh, high mileage and their cars have to, be, have to be kept. So our guys have been partially open. I mean, you wouldn't be been making a living on it, let's put it that way, but you, you have to provide that service so that we've kept open. And it has been actually slightly beneficial in terms of it just kept the guys ticking over, you know, one or two staff in, they're not completely closed down. But next Monday, you're correct, or, or the 18th May, we, we'll be fully open on the after sales side of the business. So, And indeed, customers are contacting the dealerships now looking to put their cars in because plenty of cars are overdue for service or indeed the customer has a problem with the car. So, so yes, we'll be fully open for after sales. And it does give the, the scenario that there is a kind of a, really, I think this is where, firstly, I, just, I think the government done a great job so far with the, the, the response to the COVID-19 virus. And, and 
you can't just say it's by accident because if you, could, you could compare our response as a government and, and Leo Varadkar very well with uh, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, what's the, the reaction of some of the other countries to the virus. So I think they, they've done a great job, but I do think now that the broad brush approach has to, has to start getting a bit more forensic because there are some elements here where the government have done a great job, but um, if we don't exit the crisis in a proper orderly fashion, um, they're going to lose a lot of the benefit and a lot of the praise for the work they've done. And I think the, the car sales analogy would be a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Because if you look at the scenario that a customer comes in next Monday, Tuesday, to get their car uh, repaired, and, and the, let's say the car is not repairable or there's enough of a, a, a bill with it that the customer says, look, I don't really want to spend that amount of money repairing this car. I'll trade it in against a new car. And that happens all the time. Or not even a new car, but a second-hand car. So they might be driving a 2013 car or Ford, a Volkswagen, a Hyundai. It's the same all the cars, just and I want to trade that in for maybe a car that's three or four more, more years up. Well, the, the scenario on Tuesday is that customer would, would need to be told, well, sorry, but our car sales aren't open, so you have to go home and you know, get the bus for the next three weeks and then come back to us on the 8th of June. But that's kind of a crazy scenario. It'd be like telling a restaurant they could open, you know, when they can open, or serve starters, but no main course. So we need to, I think, start joining the dots. And I think there's a, there's a big misunderstanding in our industry about the, the number, the quantity of customers. I mean, uh, we would hope maybe to sell 20,000 cars in July as an industry, something like that. If you consider there are probably 400 main dealers in the country, 400 main franchise dealers, that's an average of 50 cars per dealer. You're probably talking about 150 customers visiting the showroom over the course of a month to sell that number of cars. And maybe, you know, that's five or six customers per day. And maybe the same again for secondhand cars. You're talking 12 or 15 people visiting a garage per day to buy a car into four or 5,000 square feet showrooms. So it just, like, social distancing is, you know, beyond available and beyond doable in car sales showrooms. So we would really be saying to the government that, but they not look to, uh, some things are so self-evidently true. If you've got 15 or 16 customers a day coming into a showroom over a 10-hour day, social distancing is utterly doable. And it's, you're really asking the car industry to open in a way that just makes no sense at all. So like, even at this late stage, we'd be saying, please, can we, somebody in government take responsibility? And where something is self-evidently true, that there's minimal risk that they allow the industry to open up properly. Okay. Um, now, while uh, you guys have been shut and garages, uh, Fred in the Shed uh, has been shut since the lockdown in March, um, online, uh, mixgarages.com has been filling some of the void for people who are in need of spare parts for their cars. Um, and joined by Kieran Cream. Kieran, you're very welcome. Um, you and your brother, Mick, I think I'm right in saying, um, own and run the business. Uh, it's, been, it's been up and running now for, what, about 17 years. Um, perhaps your moment in the sun has arrived. Just tell us a little bit about the kind of demand that you, you've seen come true since the lockdown was introduced. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've, we're probably fortunate enough to be on, on, on the other side of that picture. Uh, uh, for ourselves, we would typically be a very uh, a busy business organization anyway. Um, but pretty much since the lockdown, actually after the first weekend, I think when 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 the Irish public were probably more concerned about hoarding rice and bread, and 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 every every franchise or every organization took a dip. Uh, from then on, it's been a steady steady climb since then. Uh, we're pretty much up a hundred percent year on year, uh, 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 and and. You know that that has been has been great for us, but but indeed we've we've you know 
you know, we, we've had to respond to, to operational challenges to actually to meet that as well. Uh, um, and, and specifically, most of our administration and finance and anyone and development staff, anyone who can and who wants to is working from home. Uh, we've shut down our click, our, our click and click counter, so we don't allow any uh, of, of, of the public to come through our door. Um, it's pretty much locked. Um, and, you know, we've had to, and, and quite rightly, introduce uh, social distancing principles all through the warehouse and we fit via uh, uh, masks and, and, and gloves and, and uh, hand dispenser, et cetera. And, but I think for the first four or five weeks, we were very reluctant uh, to bring any new hires into the team organization as, as you would expect uh, and just keep to retain the existing environment and therefore it's been all hands to pump to some degree uh, uh, particularly for the first five to six weeks of this and uh, now recently actually we have started to hire and uh, we've taken additional staff to help us to cope with the volume um, so yeah look we've been very fortunate that we can actually uh, uh, continue to trade and indeed to provide employment for uh, uh, for some some staff who may have been let go from other industries uh, um, and and you know, we expect this to continue probably until the, the servicing trade probably next week starts to come back online and our motor factory competition uh, starts to deliver uh, or start to offer those type of products uh, that customers are coming to, to us for. Uh, however, we've seen we've seen a, a, a massive demand across all, all, all sides of our catalogue uh, um, from, you know, thousands of units of car care, whether it be auto glim, uh, et cetera. Uh, 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 batteries is a, is a massive one. Uh, we're up about 560% on batteries year on year uh, in April. Uh, uh, again, again, in, in, again, uh, uh, battery chargers, jump packs. Um, as, as the public are leaving the car for four or five, six weeks and longer on their driveway, they're finding that uh, when they come out to start it, that actually a, a, a battery that may have been somewhat weak or compromised in the past now just does not start. Uh, and, and therefore, therefore, we're finding sales on that. And indeed, we do a wide selection of, of Draper tools as well. So probably in line with all the hardware stores, whether you're looking for a torque wrench or nuts and bolts or you know, gardening products, uh, um, you know, we're finding that customers are coming to us for a, a massive amount of reasons. And indeed, buying in, in, in the type of volume which which kind of indicates uh, um, that that they expect that they may not be able to source that for some time. For example, I mean, you know, famous in the industry is, is your typical one shots. So you can get at four cores to, to chuck in your tank. Uh, we have customers come on. One customer even bought fifty, for example. Uh, um, so we 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 would see very very huge volumes across a wide swathe of our cash and probably nothing in particular really. Is it true that I heard that the, the guards have been onto looking to supply some wingers? Is that true? Yeah, we, we we've we've uh, we've had uh, uh, the only. Customers, that, to some degree, that we allow in the door would be the guards. Uh, uh, so we have supplied some wing mark components. And indeed, actually, even from the, the parts side, uh, we've had sprayers as well, where guards may want to spray vehicles or vans down for transportation, etc. Uh, so we do, and we have supplied that, and also indeed uh, a, a various products to uh, uh, other side of the front line, uh, front line out there. Right. And is it just Ireland you're supplying these goods to, uh, Kieran, or is it other parts of Europe? You know, we're very much, uh, while we're dominating, predominantly, of course, most of the revenue from Ireland, we, we have a very strong UK business, and, and we, ship, we ship everywhere. I mean, whether it be the States or Australia or anywhere that they're looking for product, and we offer delivery currently to about 26 countries, and quite often we would get orders from all 26 countries, uh, albeit on a, on a much, much smaller volume. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, no. I, I, anyway, predominantly Ireland, 
and the UK, and then Anzac from there after, Australia, New Zealand, and the US. And in revenue terms, what will that mean for the businesses, this uh, sharp increase that you've seen, let's say, over the past six or eight weeks? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll mean that, that our business, particularly for, uh, um, for uh, uh, Ireland, uh, sorry, our business will pretty much be up 100% year on year, uh, without disclosing actually any, any revenue metrics, um, but pretty up 100% year on year within April. Um, but we have seen some declines on other sides. So, for example, we would uh, uh, traditionally be incredibly strong on travel and leisure around this time of year, whether it be roof racks and boxes as consumers and the public are there are planning their holidays, whether it be throughout Ireland or heading on a ferry to France, et cetera. So we've seen quite a significant decline on that side of the business. Uh, um, now, how that will pan out as you head into the summer and, and, and relative staycations, um, I suppose let's wait and see. We don't really know what the world's probably going to look like in the next, next two weeks, never mind three months down the line. Um, but look, we're grateful for it, uh, and and we'll take it we'll take it a, a, as it's going. Um, but you know, we would hope, particularly probably from an online side, that we would hope that we would see a continuing migration uh, of consumers online. We've had a, a, a significant amount of uh, new customers who have not used this in the past, um, and we expect that that quite a lot of online sites have probably experienced that, uh, and we would we would hope that as an online industry, that those customers are now comfortable with ordering online and will continue to do so, not necessarily when, when the crisis in, is in play. At Davy, we know uncharted territory can be a challenge. We've been in business since 1926, and since then, we've advised many different clients through many global and national crises. Some will seek comfort in the safe and familiar, while others will embrace the opportunity to try something new. Throughout the years, we've not only listened to our clients, we've got to know you personally, helping us advise you on a financial life plan that suits you best. Davy, it's not just business, it's personal. Janie Davy, trading as Davy, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. We take our responsibilities personally. Stephen Gleeson, I'm just wondering, have your retailers, have they, your dealers, have they been able to do any selling online? Have they been able to do any virtual viewings. We're hearing about this in the housing market. I don't know if it works for the motor trade. Um, or have they been dealing with inquiries over the phone? Yeah, well, actually, everybody's getting ramped up now to put all these systems in place. And some of the dealers have, have been very proactive about it. I would say that all the dealers are taking phone calls at their, their, um, from home in some cases or, or in the office in some cases. And they're able to do walk-arounds on the cars using FaceTime or products like See It Now or Quick Video. So there is, there is the ability to do... Um, uh, show people cars online, absolutely. And indeed, we have a whole online platform in Hyundai where you can apply for finance online, get approval online, um, view the car online, and then effectively have the car delivered to your house. Um, so you don't actually have to visit the dealership at all. And that, that's, that's a big step for people in terms of buying. It's one thing to buy um, you know, a, a, a set of carpet mats or something like uh, online. It, you know, buying and investing in a, a brand new car or a second-hand car that's several thousand euros, most people still want to see the car in person. So it's it's not a, it's not necessarily an industry can move online uh, as quickly as some some things which are a lesser investment. Sure. Um, and tell me, how do we where where do we go from here for the industry? I mean, in the past we've had scrappage schemes, um, but is that going to be enough? Would you like to see something like that, or, or uh, a cut in uh, VRT? Um, how likely is that? And we've got the Greens coming into government uh, now as part of the new government, and they want to introduce a whole range of uh, new taxes. Um, and, and I think they, it's fair to say they will have your industry in their sights. Well, you know, it's funny that 
people tend to equate the Greens with, you know, they don't want to sell cars, but the Greens want to bring down emissions in, in, the, in the country. And um, there's no quicker way of bringing down the emissions than by taking old cars off the road by selling new ones. And I don't necessarily mean scrapping cars. I mean, people can't, the car park in this country is on average nine years old. And the technology in petrol cars, diesel cars, hybrid cars, that, that has changed so much over the last nine years. So even if you just uh, get a nine-year-old car off the road, not some old banger-like, uh, and uh, put new cars on the road, you're bringing down emissions hugely. So like, I think actually we, can't, we cannot improve the emissions of the car park in Ireland unless we sell more new cars. It, is just, it's, it can't happen by magic. You have to take the older cars off the road by putting new cars on the road if you're going to bring the overall um, CO2 emissions down. Um, I actually think that the scrappage scheme is, it would be, it, it be welcome, but I think it, it's a flawed matrix because an awful lot of the older cars have been put off the road by NCTs, etc. That's all very good and very correct. Um, I actually think what the government should do is introduce a, a, a one-off just for the month of July, €3,000 VRT reduction. Um, to encourage people to come out and buy a car in July. And it's, there's a taxes and jobs angle here, um, Kieran, that's very relevant. I mean, let's say we could sell 10,000 extra new cars in, in July. The average taxes in a new car, your standard enough new car, is 15,000 euros. So a 3,000 euro reduction would still mean 12,000 euros of tax take on 10,000 extra cars. That's, that's 150 million of extra taxes for the government. Um, and there's an, again, there's a misunderstanding about our industry. Um, if when a new car is sold, generally speaking, someone trades in a car against that. So a 2018 car against a 2020, then that car is sold to someone else who's driving a 2014 against a 2018. One new car sale can generate two or three other sales. So 10,000 extra sales can generate 40,000 actual uh, new cars can generate 40,000 sales in total, and all of those cars have to be sold by the salesman have to be valid by the valeters, they have to be prepared for sale by the mechanics, they have to be dealt with by the main people. These are jobs, and it's going back to what I said earlier, if we can't open our garages properly till the 8th of June, we're missing out on people that should be buying cars now and during June, and this will cost jobs in the industry. I mean, and it's, as I said earlier, the social distancing in our garages is so utterly simple, and all of the dealerships in all of the brands, I'm not just talking my hand here, everybody's putting in massive uh, effort into getting PPE and getting screens between customers. Like there's huge taxes being for the government here, lots of jobs to be saved. It's really, I uh, hate the expression no-brainer, but if ever there was one, I'd be appealing to the government who have done a great job to do it here for us and that is open properly in the 18th of May. Stephen, how many jobs are we talking about being on the line potentially in Hyundai? Well, there's 50,000 jobs in the industry and it's an industry uh, uh, position. So, I mean, I have heard, Simon, I have said there could be 10,000 jobs at stake across the industry if we cannot get this industry working back properly. Because really you only get an extra couple of months of, of, of proper new car business in this year. Because once you get to all of September, basically people say, well, I won't buy a car now, I'll wait till January. But unfortunately, like the industry, the 50,000 people are relying on their jobs and their income in this industry. We have to get to January. And how many cars would you expect to sell typically in July? Um, we would expect to sell between two and two and a half thousand cars in your typical July. So, I mean, that, that will be... Like last year, the market was 25,000, and we would be looking to get in around 10% of that market. Um, and, and everybody else gets their section as well. So everyone, everyone will suffer accordingly. And if, uh, if, you can't, if your dealers can't reopen for sales until June, what's the likely outcome for sales in July? I think 
it's, it's a very hard call, here, and I'm not ducking the question, but it is a very hard call. And, and people talk about the July car market as being a big one, but really the July car market, um, if you go back in time before uh, pre-2013, um, July was only 5 or 6% of the, of the year, and now it's kind of 20% of the year. But March, April, and May is even much bigger. Now people in April and May are deferring their purchase decision until July. They're saying, I'll pick my car up in July because I'll get the, the 202 plate. It's not necessarily a July market. Every day we're closed, like from the 18th of May until the 8th of June, is a day that the people who normally bought their car in May and June are not buying their car. So it's not that we'll be back open for July. We're missing out on sales now. We're people coming in, booking their car, ordering their car to pick it up in July. Once people don't make that decision now, they get to June and they go, look, I'll just wait. And Stephen... If there is to be a VRT break, I mean, there might be an argument for that VRT break uh, perhaps only being available or for whatever break they introduce, only being available for, let's say, electric cars or hybrid cars. Look, to be, to be quite honest with you, um, electric or hybrid only, there isn't a supply of cars of electric or hybrid only in the market to actually generate the, the sufficient volume of sales that will be needed to get this industry going again. Now, we sell, uh, I don't have any agenda here, like we are, one of our best-selling cars is the Honda Kona, it's the, the subcompact SUV or compact SUV you might call it and it sells in electric in hybrids in petrol and in diesel and so I have no particular agenda here there is a car for everybody that will suit your own personal driving style and your 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 mileage uh, your your lifestyle your requirements and we don't have enough electrics or enough hybrids to supply everybody in the market that's just simple fact and equally, by the way, they're not the right cars for everybody in the market. If you're doing exceptionally high mileage, diesel may still be the car for you in terms of the CO2 emissions um, if you're doing very high mileage. You know? So you know, there is no right answer here. And, and I suppose one message we try to get out to our customers and put across to our customers from Hyundai is that if, you have a, if you're looking to get some, let's call it um, impartial advice as to what's the right car for you, um, if you come to a Hyundai dealer, they have all those cars. They're not just trying to push one technology because that's all we have. We have all the range of cars with electric, hybrid, diesel, petrol, plug-in hybrid, mild hybrid. And the dealers can advise you as to what would suit you. And I think that's very important because there is a massive confusion. We've done the market research. There's a lot of confusion out there with people about what they should do next around cars. And I think um, that's certainly one of the unique selling points we try with our dealers is that we can give you honest advice because we have all of the different um, ranges, which is pretty unique, actually. And Stephen, people might be curious as to how production, manufacturing of uh, your vehicles has has coped over the last uh, couple of months, because obviously you're a Korean-owned company. This hit in Asia first, although I think Korea probably handled it, handled it uh, better than a lot of other countries. But how has manufacturing been impacted? Yeah, the Koreans, it's a fantastic country and fantastic people. Um, and, and they have handled it exceptionally well. Um, I mean, the factories in, in Korea were pretty much shut down for minimal amount of time, to, to my knowledge, I think only days. Um, um, so they, they really handled it very well. Um, we also have a, a production plant in Europe, in, um, in Czech Republic, um, and that was closed for about two or three weeks before. Um, so in general, I think they, they've handled it pretty well on the supply line. And it's probably... if. If there's one in a scenario where our sales in April were 97 percent down, if there's one bright spot in the um, in the thing, it's that our production time, our production supply from Korea takes about six weeks from a ship leaving to get it here. And in the shutdown of uh, sales, a lot of cars that we were waiting on, that we didn't have in stock for customers, and customers were waiting on, have actually arrived and and, and are in the country now and in the compounds. So if there's one small bright spot, it's that 
we have the stock on the ground now. Kieran Crean, I just wonder, uh, have we reached an inflection point in terms of people buying online as opposed to going to a physical trader for uh, their spare parts? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think uh, uh, um, particularly in spare parts, as opposed to the online industry, is, is a very technical business. And I still think the, the, the public and the consumer out there do uh, uh, still value the great advice they will get at their local service centre uh, relative to, to the parts and, and the, the choir and the, and the fitting of them. Uh, I do think there will be a lot more consideration uh, going forward um, in relation to, you know, where can I source their product? What kind of advice do I need? And how quickly can I get it? Um, particularly in the automotive industry and, and parts, they tend to be very time-sensitive uh, requirement. Um, you know, you know, for the softer side of a catalog, for a roof rack, you don't need a roof rack to bring your kids to school. It's I hope not, but you certainly need a, a, an air permitter today to actually into your, in your car to, 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 to bring your kids to school. So um, I don't think there's going to be a massive change uh, on the part side. Um, what we're seeing is we're just seeing a demand for those prosumers, we call them, or those DIY guys who now have the time on their hands to actually fix their car either in the driveway or, or, or in the shed. Um, but for our industry, I, I don't see a massive change. Um, I do, for on, on, on online, outside of the, the real technical side of it, I do see a significant lift for online and continue to grow. Um, you know, I think there will be awareness around uh, uh, the public and consumers looking to go to stores. Uh, and, they go, you know, the, the thing, they, they, they might just consider why would I bother queuing um, relative, I don't necessarily know or, or aware of the, the precautions being taken at that particular store or retail end when I can literally probably just sit at home and get it online. So until the crisis eases out, I think there, there, there will still be an ongoing lift for online. I think the, the, the industry as a total, it's how quickly the traditional retailers can catch up to ensure that they're, they're also catching that type of wave. And also, you know, introducing probably some innovative uh, uh, methods to it. I mean, my local butcher in, in, in Rathfarnham is now delivering online. It's now you, you ring or you order online, he will deliver to you and he will have it quicker than anything I could ever get to you. So I think the smaller retailers are, we've heard some great news stories over the last few months, particularly in the restaurant sector, but moving beyond that. Uh, and I think uh, it's those retailers who provide that great local service will continue, will thrive and continue to thrive and, and put it up to guys like us. Maybe uh, come to you, Stephen, finally. Um, I just wonder, is this the, the moment, uh, an inflection point for the motor industry in terms of its sales model? Um, should it be revamped? Should we be selling new cars online? Is it possible to sell new cars online? Is that, you know, is that potentially the future? I think the, maybe rather than an inflection point for new car sales, um, I would say the, probably an inflection point for the industry. I mean, like at the end of the day, if you're buying a thirty or 40,000 euro car, it just isn't the same as buying. I'm not saying there won't be some people buy, and there are some people buy. I mean, you know, there are, there are already people, the odd person buying a car online, completely from start to finish, a new car I'm talking about. But generally speaking, if someone's buying a 35, 40,000 pound car, they want to go and see it. And, and that will, I think, continue. But the industry is moving more and more online. I mean, as every industry is. I mean, like even, for instance, if you were coming to a Hyundai garage uh, next week, or indeed if our customer, if our one of our dealers is picking a car up and bringing it into the garage, but what you're going to get from our garages is a video from, done by a mechanic from under your car showing you this is what needs to be done with your car. That gets emailed to you. You will then approve that work online. The work will be carried out. So you're actually having a, a live interactive experience almost with the mechanic on the ramp. Like That is the, the level of technology and innovation that's going into the garages now. And you know, in the sense that 
I would say the inflection point is that more and more people will be comfortable doing things online, approving work online to be done as opposed to seeing it or as opposed to talking to a service advisor at the counter about that work. So, you know, the industry is definitely coming forward um, in terms of online usage at the moment, rather than particularly the new car sales part of it. All right. And what do you think your chances are of getting that VRT reduction from the government? Um, well, you know, I suppose given that we don't have a government at the moment, it's probably difficult to get anything through. But um, I would hope that if a government is formed over the next few weeks, that the incoming government could give a heads up that they want to raise a lot of taxes and save a lot of jobs by by doing something for a very short period, month of July. If you look at what the Revenue Commission is able to do around the COVID-19 payment, you know, when does a decision made at the top level to make something happen? It happens. And I suppose if if, if, if Leo Radiker was listening to the Irish Times podcast, I'd say, if he wanted to do it, you can make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully he is. Um, anyway, we'll leave it there, gentlemen. Stephen Gleeson and Kieran Crean, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Kieran. OK, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Stephen Gleeson and Kieran Crean. Thanks also to our new sponsor, Davy Group, for their support. Suzanne Brennan produced and edited the show. And remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care, stay safe and stay home.